you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Going in raw is now a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can still listen to Going In Raw wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give CastBox a shot. We think it's the best. Hey, Randall Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Matt Chat. It's a show where we get a bunch of video questions from our crazy friendo community, and uh, and then we answer those video questions. We do. You can have your video on here, too. If you go to the patreon.com forward slash Steven Larson, it's $20. Yeah, that might seem like a bunch, but if we didn't do it that high, we'd have like way too many video questions. So, you know, it's a great way for us to make money. And, you know, I love these. these this is like my favorite show. It is. I know it's kind of a pain to like put together and everything because we have like, it's not just us talking. There's like additional stuff that goes into yeah. it. Yeah. But I don't have to deal with that. That's your deal. Yeah, it's my deal. It's yeah. not that bad. No, and it's fun. I love like all it's of It's always our, a delight to see the questions. Oh, man. I love these things. We get together during lunch, day of shooting. And uh, we watch these. We enjoy, we enjoy some rock star recoveries. Heck yeah. Watch <laughs> some video questions while we eat lunch mm. and marvel at the creativity of our friendo community. I can already feel my heart pounding and I'm breaking out in the sweats. Man, I don't know if that's because it's Matt Chat. I got pure chat. energy coursing through my veins right now. Let's go with the first question from... Uh, Brandon Owens. Let's see what Brandon Owens has to say. Hey, friendos. Man of the lunch hour, Brandon Owens here. Sitting in the valley of the sun. It's 119 freaking degrees outside. Really hot. But you know what doesn't have any heat? Raw's main event fucking storyline. So, in your opinion, is it better to have Bobby Lashley in a triple threat at SummerSlam with those two? Is it better to have Braun in a triple threat with those two? Or do you think maybe it's option C? I don't know who that would possibly be. Maybe, you know, Roman loses the match because Dean Ambrose surprisingly returns or some crap like that. Anyways, I don't really have any faith in the booking of Raw. I'm terrified about what's going to happen. But in your opinion, is a triple threat the way to go to fix this issue? And if not, I mean... Honestly, I don't know if I'm going to keep watching. It's fucking atrocious. Um, but yeah, thanks. And uh, go Bills. Thank you, man of the lunch hour. Thank you, for Brandon. That, for that Matt Chat question. So, Steve, mm. should SummerSlam main event for Universal title be triple threat? Yeah, I like it because look at la- I mean, you could look at the history. You look back at last year's SummerSlam, by far the most fun match on that card was the the um, four, fatal four-way between Joe, Braun, Brock, and Roman. Um, that was a lot of fun. Roman and Braun already have a terrific history with their feud from uh, last year. Um, you add Brock to the mix, of course. Hopefully, he would drop the universal title. Um, add uh, Bobby Lashley to the mix. I like, I like Bobby Lashley. I think he's good. Um, and I think it could be a lot of fun. A lot of big monsters in there. Um, and you know, regardless if they put the title on Roman at that point, 
if Braun comes out of it. I think it'd be great if, you know, Braun came out of it with the Universal title. That would really satisfy the fans. You could still go ahead with Roman and Brock. This is That's a suggestion you made on the last episode or on the Raw review where they don't, at this point, they kind of don't need the title. Brock is kind of a title unto himself. Roman, you know, when he came out during the uh, segment a couple weeks ago on Raw before they set up the, uh, the two triple threat matches, he's the one guy who said, I don't care about a title shot. I just want to fight. Well, that theme can continue. I really think you can you can satisfy the people who are upset about the universal title being held up by putting it on Braun. Braun is he could definitely be face of the company. And in the meantime, if Roman stops caring about that universal title, you can kind of on the download continue on the down low, sorry, you can continue to build him as face of the company because he's not gonna be hogging the title scene well, as I think too, the general sentiment yeah, is. Another thing too is, is I said, as I said earlier, beating Brock is kind of a prize unto itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that's exactly right. Yeah. That's the thing that Roman needs to do. He did it with The Undertaker and The Undertaker is the one guy who Brock, you know, he, he ended his streak at WrestleMania. And so regardless, his path needs to be beating Brock. It doesn't necessarily have to be universal title. I think the WWE really could have their cake and eat it too. Do it at SummerSlam. It worked last year. Yes. All right, here's the thing. If it's a triple threat match, I kind of feel like Brock needs to retain. Um, they're not, if, if, if the idea is to give us Roman Brock again for Brock to retain to carry it till Mania, no one wants to see that. Yeah. No one wants to see Brock Roman for one-on-one matches. With the same outcome, well, yeah. one of my different outcomes, Seth cashed it. Um, with Roman losing again, no one wants to see that. So if it re- remains a one-on-one match, then Roman has to win, which is fine. Just get it over with. Let's move on with our our lives. Get the storyline out of the way at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I, I know uh, Brandon. This question makes the case that having Braun cash in after the match makes him look weak. I don't necessarily agree with that per se. Totally, um, I think it will still send the fans home happy. And as long as he could cash in, win the belt in some fun and or destructive manner, I think it'd be totally cool. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if it is made to be a triple threat match, um, probably with Bobby Lashley's involvement, based on how the story is going now, um, I think it would just be for probably Lashley to take the pin from Brock. Um, Brock retains. He carries that belt on through his fight um, in the UFC, eventually dropping it after that fight at WrestleMania. Because I, I just... I, I'm. I'm not 100% convinced of this, but I can completely see the marketing potential for both UFC and WWE by keeping that belt on Brock Yeah, through his fight in January. Yeah. The companies, now that they're both set in their TV deals. And it seems like they're working together to a certain degree. Daniel Cormier did an interview with WWE on their Facebook. I don't know. It just it feels like they're going to they're gonna push this fight together. Yeah, I kind of, it, it definitely feels that way. We've said before that that would be a smart business move. Um, you know, would it hold things up in terms of more than I would like in terms of the main event scene on Raw? Oh, yeah. Or what it should be over, and that's the Universal Championship. Yeah, probably. Creatively speaking, it's not my, you know, favorite way to go. I can totally see them doing it, though. But we've gotten through a year of Brock as champion and barely being there. We can get through another few months. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if need be, it's it's just wrestling. We can get through it regardless. Yeah, but. <laughs> and we still have a, a great intercontinental title scene. Yeah, right we now, do, we do. Which is the de facto top belt on Raw. Yeah, everything will be fine. Everything will be fine. Everything will be fine. Everything will be, be fine. okay. 
Zach S. has a question. Let's see it. What's good, Stephen Larson? Many friendos out there. It's your official friendo versus IWGP heavyweight champ and now Bullet Club heavyweight champ, Zach S. Coming at you with another match hat question. Question this week is, who should go over in this Bullet Club Civil War? The firing squad or the elite? The, the elite. Thanks, boys. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Zach S. You're like Nigel McGinnis over here. Getting um, food out of your teeth. Zach has his question. Oh, who goes over in this Bullet Club uh, infighting situation here? I kind of feel like it has to be Firing Squad. If they're going to establish... In the end? In the end? Well, at least short term. If okay. They're, if they're going to establish themselves... Well, here's the thing. It's still kind of unclear. Um, I've read some stuff where it seems like uh, their goal is just to refocus Bullet Club. They don't consider themselves outside of Bullet Club. They consider themselves still part. But they're there to... Uh, kind of take Bullet Club back to its roots. Yeah, man. A more uh, a decentralized leadership structure, um, uh, I guess, uh, more emphasis on beating people up. Yeah, okay. Um, whereas you have the elite and the rest of Bullet Club under Kenny Omega's leadership looking to take Bullet Club to new heights. Short term, at least. I mean, this already hasn't happened. Tama, Tama Tonga lost by DQ in his match against Kenny in the G1. Um, and I was expecting, I guess it still could happen, um, Tom Tonga and Kenny to have a match um, to main event potentially the next U.S. show, September 30th. And I thought a win by Tom Tonga over Kenny would accomplish that. Um, but short term, um, well, I guess it already hasn't happened. I expect Tom Tonga to win the G1. Long term, meaning Kenny's going to retain any match against Tom Tonga. He's not going to, Tom Tonga's not going to win that belt. No. Um, but whether it's, it's, I guess a victory for a firing squad in this sense would be them going head-to-head with Bullet Club, um, uh, defeating them in the larger battle, um, and then probably breaking off into their own thing. Maybe. Maybe. Um, and that would give uh, Tama Tonga an opportunity to lead a faction, which a lot, you know, a lot of people are saying that in this power vacuum that was happening when the, the Bullet Club infighting was going on between the Bucks and, and, and Kenny and Cody and everybody else, that Tomatonga could have stepped into in, in, in there and assumed a leadership role didn't happen. I mean, now this is an opportunity to do that. Um, is it going to happen? No, but it'd be interesting to see if it did. It'll be a good story. I think it's if you if you sort of play it out, we have Kenny Omega who's riding high. He's got his his bestie Kota Ibushi. They're on good terms. Yeah, you've got you know Cody finally acquiescing. Uh, because of their match, they're on good terms. Bullet Club is, in the words of Cody, fine. fine. Save. Save for Firing Squad. And they are, like you said, and I've said this before, I liked when Bullet Club had that edge. Granted, I wasn't watching live at the time, but when I go back and watch all those great Prince Devitt videos where they're just dropping F-bomb after F-bomb, they're like roughing people up. It, it seems like you're right. That's what Firing Squad wants to bring Bullet Club back to. And so I wonder if this story is to facilitate Kenny Omega now that he's found enlightenment, if he has to dive back into his darker days as the cleaner in order, not best bout machine, but the cleaner yeah. in order to, I just love saying that to be his, honest with his, you. His many uh, nicknames. Yeah. God, I love it. Um, and he has to, you know, go to the dark side in or, in order to establish, you know, to, to reestablish Bullet Club 
uh, you know, the harmony, and then something else will happen. Mm-hmm. I kind of like it. It's sort of this never-ending drama, uh, Civil War with the Bullet Club. It is kind of interesting. However, in the end, um, I could see him and Tamatanga eventually having like a super brutal physical brawl type match, which will end with Tamatanga uh, having, I'm sorry, with Kenny Omega having earned the respect of Tamatanga, then he'll probably acquiesce and just be another member of Bullet Club and then somebody else. And then you'll have like Kenny and Coda going at it. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so there's a number of ways they can do it. But in the end, Kenny Omega is going to stand on top. He's yeah, going to stand tall unless unless WWE backs up the Brinks truck, in which case it's going to be Kenny probably versus Kota Bushi at Wrestle Kingdom. And then Kenny will leave and they'll just have to figure it out otherwise. I guess so. I mean, in, in which case they'll probably... I don't know. Do you think this firing squad is going to end sooner than later? By the end of the year. Yeah, I would think before Wrestle Kingdom, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah that makes yeah. sense. Next up, we got a question from, oh, dear. Delete. Delete. The Freak of Destruction. Let's see what Delete has to say. Steven Larson, it's Delete, the Freak of Destruction here. And uh, my match chat question this week is, which version of Sting is better? We got the Bleach Blonde Surfer Sting or the Dark Brooding Crow Sting. Which one is better? Your opinions, debate. Too sweet, hearty handshake. See you. Thank you, Delete. Thank you very much. Man, this might be my well, I don't know. It's my favorite question of the week, but I love these old school questions. Oh heck yes! These are like existential questions in wrestling, man. Which Sting is better, blonde surfer Sting, who's holding that phone in that picture, that goofy? P- <laughs> there you go. Or the crow, the dark brooding Sting, who was the birth? The idea was birthed by whom? Uh, who was the guy who created the Crow comic book? Well, James O'Barr. Yeah. But no. Who suggested Steve Borden rip off that comic book? Come on, man. Kevin Nash? No, Scott Hall. Oh, that's right. I he said, you know, you, you should take the makeup from, like, the Crow, and you should put that on and be all, like, brooding and stuff. Yeah, I knew it was either. It was one of the outsiders. <laughs> yeah, it was Scott Hall. How great, how great of a story is that? That's great. Man, so I okay, so I have to think this is my thing. When I came into wrestling in 1997, when you and I really started hanging out, uh, Crow Sting was the thing, you know? And so I was intrigued. Obviously, I knew it was like a ripoff of the Crow, but still, I thought it was a cool ripoff of the Crow. He would, for 18 months, he was just in the rafters. That's pretty ballsy. Yeah, he didn't do anything for WCW to do that. Beat up NWO before they. Went to Robin Hood. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And uh, so I can, I figure like that storyline kind of helped propel WCW before they eventually came crashing back down. So in my opinion, before that, he was kind of cheesy. What he might, I mean, he might have been WCW's best bout machine back then, but Crowsting, I kind of feel like it's Crowsting is prime on, sting, man. man. What are you talking about? Come on. You 80s come on. and early 90s wrestling was all cheesy. Let me ask you this. Which version of Sting teamed up with RoboCop? Okay, see, I don't Case know closed. if that's Case closed. a bad thing Case or closed. a good thing. I RoboCop plus Sting. That's a partnership that won't be denied and wasn't denied. Here's the thing. Uh, which version of Sting was the icon of WCW? Surfer Sting. That version of Sting... Uh, connected with a large audience, late 80s, early 90s, um, most popular guy in WCW. Um, and yeah, the Sting, uh, Crow Who Sting. Who did WWE bring in 
Finally, when they had access oh, to Sting. Oh, because it had been like 20 years since Surfer Sting was a thing. Sting. You think he's going to come in with a, a blonde flat top and connect with anybody? No, it's going to be Crow Sting. Here's the thing, though. Is that the facing man when Vince called? Maybe. <laughs> um, Crow Sting was cool up until, uh, what, like mid-98 when the Wolfpack was a thing. Oh, and man. then inexplicably, Sting joined up the, with the NWO. Oh, it didn't make any sense. Didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense. And then sense. He, he, he started wearing the, the red face paint. Oh, so bad. Yeah, it wasn't good. No. Why didn't they go with the mat? I know. Why didn't they go with a mat? Yeah. Or at least stick with the white, but then with red Red trim, highlights, Like he yeah. did in TNA. Later. Yeah, exactly. They didn't do that. No, man. Um, it seemed like he was having fun. It just didn't make any sense. Yeah, he seemed like he was being himself. Yeah, yeah. which was kind of the thing with, uh, with Surfer Sting. It just seemed like it was Steve Borden yeah. with a blonde flat top and some face paint. Who wouldn't want to hang out with Kevin Nash? Everybody seems to like him. Everybody seems to love Kevin Nash. He seems to be friends with everybody. Except for like Bob Hawley. Yeah, he think... seems like a curmudgeon though. <laughs> I don't think Bob Hawley's friends with like anybody. He seems like a grumpy dude. What about Shane Douglas? He don't like Kevin Nash. He seems kind of grumpy too. <laughs> right? Yeah, he kind of does. Yeah. 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 I think Raven really likes Kevin Nash. Yeah. I'd love to hang out with both those guys. Yeah. Go to like Stone Cold. Go he's to, he's oh, good friends with Kevin like Nash. DDP, good friends friend with Kevin Nash. Yeah, best friends. Seems like everybody likes Kevin Nash. <laughs> or at least 95% of the wrestling industry likes Kevin That's Nash. That's the question I would ask Kevin if we run into him at StarCast. All right. How is it in, a, in an industry so much politicking. with politics and I backstabbing? Know. I know. Everybody loves you. I know. <laughs> Anyways, I don't think we settled that question. Can oh, we just, a surfer sting. Can we just settle on the on the fact that Joker Sting is maybe the best or worst? I'm not sure. Um, you know, probably the latter, but okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, next up from A.O. Worm. Let's see what A.O. Worm has to say. Hey, what's good, everybody? A.O. Worm him with another Matt Chat debate. Okay, Steve Larson. So with the announcement of Evolution, everybody's up and all, like, all in his power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. That's great. All right, so there's obviously been plenty of promotions that did this before WWE. So, to you guys, who's the what's the best promotion for women that you guys have heard of that you guys like besides Glow? So, besides Glow, what's the best promotion for females? Thanks guys. Talk to you later. Thank you, AO Worm. Thank you, AO Worm. Uh I go first. Uh I need to get caught up on all the wonderful uh wrestling promotions around the world that feature women's wrestling. Yeah. Um Shimmer Stardom, uh-huh. I could go on and on. Oh, yeah. um, uh, even Progress, I know their women's division does great work there. Um, I mean, thanks to, to Progress, we get introduced to Tony Storm and Ginny. Um, yeah. But of, of the promotions that I am familiar with, um, I'm going to say Lucha Underground. Oh, yeah. Um, the, you know, for the longest time on, on network television, you didn't get a whole lot of intergender wrestling. True. Uh, Lucha Underground, they do that all the time. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, and it's great. Um, I remember one of the first episodes I watched I think it was season 2 um, when Ivelisse, Angelico and Son of Havoc were the trios champs and I was like whoa this is, this is awesome um, and they got you know it's, it's not just intergender wrestling though either they have you know kind of a women's division even though they don't have a women's champion um, but uh, uh, shoot what's her name Sexy, sexy Star yeah she yeah. was a Lucha Underground champion for a yeah. while you know I mean, apparently she has a tendency to shoot her people in matches from time to time nonetheless <laughs> Still pretty cool. Yeah, pretty neat. Um, so I'll say that the the in ring action's great. The presentation's entertaining. Um, highly produced, uh, very theatrical, um, 
and uh, yeah, I've always enjoyed. I'm way behind on my Lucha Underground, but I've always enjoyed watching it. Yeah. So I'll go with Lucha Underground. Now that's a good answer. Um, I like what Impact is doing now with characters across the board, but I think their booking of the Sue Young character I think is fantastic right now. It's got this sort of weird supernatural zombie thing going to it. The use of her uh, the valets, I guess, her bridesmaids, her zombie bridesmaids that come with her to the ring and sort of stalk towards the ring. I thought it was really interesting when I sort of saw it at uh, Slammiversary. Um, bringing back Madison Rain, I think, has been uh, good. She's a good wrestler. Um, so I think Impact I think Impact does a pretty good job with their women's division. They, incidentally, you know, a lot of people are pointing out that they did for their knockouts division a knockouts exclusive, a women's only pay-per-view years and years they, they ago. Do, I thought they do that fairly regularly. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's an annual thing. I honestly don't know. It could be. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, but I know they started doing it at least mm-hmm. a long mm-hmm. time ago. Um, so, you know, that's nothing new. I think the thing about WWE doing it is that WWE's never done it. And WWE's <laughs> to, to WWE, WWE is end-all, be-all. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, I get that. But, uh, yeah, those are, I think, both quality answers. Yeah. Next up, we've got my serial killer, Steve's serial killer. Let's see what That's he has terrifying. to say. Yeah. Hello, Stephen Larson. It is Steve Zodiac Killer here, the lead of Zodiac Goon. We have another match at question. Uh, the question this week, obviously, with the announcement of the Evolution pay-per-view um, on WWR on Monday, I'd just like to know, should it be a literally all-women pay-per-view, like all the commentary team are women, um, all the backstage interviewers are women, and who would you like to see on in them roles, if so? Or should we still have uh, men doing the commentary, etc., etc.? Um, I'd love to know you guys' opinions. Too sweet and a hot handshake, and I'll see you next time. Thank you, Steve, serial killer. Terrifying. But, uh, yeah, all roles on Evolution should be filled by women. Mm-hmm. It's not called, it's not an all-women save for a couple dudes event. It's an all-women's event. Yeah. Let, uh, what's her name, Renee Young. Yeah. Let her in a commentary. Heck yes, you man. Know, what the heck? Her and then uh, Beth Phoenix always did mm-hmm. a good job at mm-hmm. commentary. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, somebody else. I think that'd be fantastic. No, I agree. Absolutely. And it's something different. Yeah. We haven't had that before. It's something different. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We're in complete agreement here. All right. Cool. Right on. Move on then. All right. Uh, yeah. Very, very well. Oh, next. This, this might be question of the week. This might be question of the week. From the enforcer. Him's the official enforcer. Going in raw enforcer. Yeah. Stevie Steve Bradley. Bradley. Let's see what he has to say. What's up, Steven Larson and all the friendos out there? It's your boy, the going in raw enforcer official going in Raw Enforcer, Stevie Bradley, for this week's Match Hat question. And it's not just any old Match Hat question. I got a question about a Frito Burrito. Let's go ahead and say Frito Burrito is the apex of Taco Bell. Who's the apex of WWE? Inexpensive for a dollar satisfies that urge but holds so much more to the community than just a damn burrito who's a baja blast personally i think homegrown number one top notch braun Strowman. that's what i'm thinking so go ahead and tell me who is the cheesy gordita crunch who is the chalupa supreme who's the nachos bel grande go on and take it however you want Cinnamon rolls? I don't know. Who is that? Let's find out. Let's debate. Let's get intellectual. All right, guys. Too sweet. Hearty handshake. 
Thank you, Enforcer. Thank you, Enforcer. Stevie man. Bradley always brings the questions that really make you think. Yeah, man. I so appreciate let's, that. Let's look at that Taco Bell menu. Well, let's start, let's start at the beginning. His first question is, who is the Frito Burrito of the WWE? I'm going to say Sheamus. All right, why? Um, uh, the thing about the Frito Burrito, it's, it can be very satisfying. Yeah. It can be quite delicious. Mm-hmm. But you can't have more than one. You need it in limited doses. Yeah, that's true. And that's the thing with, with Sheamus, I feel like right now in his career, uh, when they try to make him a main eventer, barely stand him, honestly. I mean, he's capable. He can do good work. But just, he, just whatever role they, they've had him in seemed kind of ill-fitting. Mm-hmm. Right now, he seems to be in the perfect role for him at this stage in his career as part of a tag team, which means limited doses. You know? You can't have more than one Frito Burrito. You shouldn't have more than one Frito Burrito. One is delicious. Hold on. Let me finish. More than that is too much. Hurts your tummy. And that's why I say shame. Here's the thing about the Frito Burrito. It can be the main event, and when it is, it's fantastic. However, it can also serve... A, uh, a side role as well, subservient perhaps to a main event. And it's delightful and you get so many different varieties of things going inside of it. You got the orange melty cheese product stuff. You got, I think rice is in there. You get, is beef in there? I don't even know. Yeah, the ground beef. Yeah, and then Fritos. All sorts of weird, odd, different combinations coming together for one cohesive whole that could be a main event or a mid-card talent. Give me the new day is your Frito Burrito. Yeah, you really don't want like a 20-minute new day segment. That'd be oh, too I much do. Frito Burrito. No, man, it, it, their stick would get old after that long. You need them in like a good seven-minute comedic segment that's perfect. It leaves you wanting more. You need one Frito Burrito. It leaves you wanting more. Could they main event a show? Of course they could. Could they mid-card a show or even pre-show a show? Absolutely. And a Frito Burrito could do any of those things as well. The answer is the new day. Um, let's go through, uh, since the enforcer recommended um, uh, other menu items, let's go through the specialties menu here and see uh, what other WWE superstars. What's nacho fries? That, that's something that is... It looks like french fries with cheese sauce. Well, I know what it is. They make it very clear what it is. They're well, nacho why'd you fries. ask me what it is? I mean, what wrestler is oh, nacho who, fries? Who, who is nacho who, fries? Who. Nacho fries is, is it's something that it's old and, and standard, but they've made, standard, it, yes. they've made it new and fresh again. Yeah. Jeff Hardy. Perfect. Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy. And you dip him in the, in the face paint. Yeah. In the, yeah, okay, yes. that's good. All right, let's do Crunchwrap Supreme. It's got a little bit of everything. All the standard... Taco Bell uh, uh, items in a new package. And it's essentially vintage Taco Bell repackaged. Yeah. So who's a character? Matt Hardy. All right, Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy. French Trap yeah. Supreme. Because it's also kind of fresh. Yeah. Like when you, t- it's like, oh, wow, this tastes a lot fresher than a lot of the Taco Bell items, which a lot of the times make you feel like your body's about to shut down. Yes. Or you're going to have yes. a heart attack of yes. some sort. Um, let's, let's take a look at uh, what's another good menu item? Those are specials, like the seasonal stuff. New. New. There you go. What's new at Taco new. Bell? Let's see what we got oh, here. Oh, Nacho Fries box. This looks oddly similar to the other one. <laughs> All right, let's see what else we got. I think we might have exhausted this question, man. I don't know, man. I feel like there's a wealth of I think we've done really, available. really well. Oh, let's just go to the dollar menu. 
Dollar cravings. It's not the dollar menu. It's the dollar cravings. All right. Uh, Look at all that slapped together crap. They oh didn't even man. try to take good pictures of their crap menu. Don't they have the, the, the thing with the chicken? Uh, the chicken taco with the chicken is the shell? Ch oh. Naked chicken taco or something like that it's called? Oh, yeah, maybe. So this be a wrestler that, that, that inverts your normal thought process. Usually you used to have a chicken inside the taco, but now the chicken is outside of the taco. Who? It's a wrestler that subverts uh, tropes who does something different. Who plays against your expectations. Uh, I don't know. Finn Balor? I don't know why. Baron Corbin. Uh, <laughs> Baron Corbin is the dollar cravings menu of the of uh, WWE. I don't know. Let's move on to the next right, question. Let's move on. I, let's think, move I know on. you're trying to do more, but I think we've. I think it's a great already. question. We've peaked already. All right, fair enough. TNA for life. I love this guy. He's great. Let's see what he has to say. What is up, friendos? It is your boy TNA for life here for another match chat question. So I'm currently watching Slammiversary, and I'm not going to lie, I'm really impressed by what I'm seeing. I think they're putting on a great show. I think Impact has a shit ton of potential. You know, they have a fat roster. They have a roster filled with guys that can go and main event shows, so I'm really happy for them. I want to know, Steven Larson, if you could take one person from Impact, move them over to WWE in the year of 2018, who would it be? Who would you take from TNA, or not TNA, who, from Impact, and move them to either NXT or main roster. For me, I think the two that would that would just appeal to WWE the most or to the WWE universe would either be Brian Cage or Tessa Blanchard. I think both of their styles are very much WWE style, especially Tessa. There's just something about her, her hard-hitting style. I think she would work perfect in WWE. So I want to know who from Impact would you like to see in WWE? I have a feeling Larson's going to say Moose, but... uh. We'll leave you to it. Thank you very much. Too sweet. Hearty handshake. Peace out. Thank you, TNA, for life. I'll go first. Sure. Man, match of the night, I think by far, without question. Ooh, actually, I have two answers. Because to me, at Slammiversary, which I watched too, and I, I recommended to everybody out there, there were two standout performances well, three if you count Tessa Blanchard, which I agree with TNA yes, for life. Yes, yes, 100%. Tessa Blanchard's ready for prime time. She's only like 22 years old. Yes. I'm going to take her out of the equation because I feel like WWE's roster is so stacked. Tessa Blanchard, especially if Impact continues their trajectory up, um, can it would only benefit her to make a bigger star of herself mm -hmm, there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, there were two standout performances from two veterans that I saw at Impact. Uh, number one, LAX. Man, that tag team match was brutal. It was fun. It was exciting. It was thrilling. All that stuff. They are fantastic. If WWE, if NXT and WWE use them properly, man, they could be next level. Uh, and then, of course, Solomon Crow himself, Sammy Callahan. That dude has completely reinvented himself after his short run in NXT. He's operating on a whole new level. His match with Pentagon featured some of the best character work, some of the best action, some of the best brutality I have ever seen in a match. Sammy Callahan, going back to NXT, you can make him a hacker, or you should probably just make him Sammy Callahan. Just do that. Um, send the Christ brothers over there with him because they're terrific. OVE in NXT. I think you're going to see that, and I want to see that. Those are my answers. All right. Uh, TNA for Life knows me very well. Because I do want to see Moose in WWE. Um, also, 
Trevor Lee. Oh, I love Trevor, Trevor Lee. Lee. is great. Go to a, if you have an opportunity to go to a PWG show, just soak in the joy that is Trevor Lee playing uh, heel to the crowd. Oh, man. What does he want to be introduced as? Impact. You know, it's not going to work anymore, though, because Impact has a good buzz about it. I know. So it's not, that's not going to work. It was funny, though. He, it was pretty funny. He wanted funny. to be introduced as Impact Wrestling Superstar Trevor Lee. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. He's great in the ring, does great character work. Um, Ironically, he is one of the people who has helped this renaissance of Impact Wrestling get to where it's yes. at. And uh, he has a relationship with the Hardys, too. Uh, he was featured in... Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, Total Nonstop oh, okay. Deletion. I'll have to go back and watch it again. Yeah. Um, uh, he's from North Carolina. I think he's from Cameron, North Carolina, where they're from. Sounds right. Um, so give me Trevor Lee. Give me Moose. Yeah, good answers. Good answers all. Next, from John Lilly. Let's see what John Lilly has to say. Okay. Hey, Steven Larson. John here with my friend Gabe. Hi. With another match chat question for you this week. Who would win in a War Games match? Four Horsemen, Undisputed Era. Steve, you tell me why Undisputed Era will win War Games, while Larson, you tell me why Four Horsemen will win. Too sweet, hearty handshake. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you, John Lilly. Sorry to cut you off there. Oh, I'm sorry to cut you off. Sorry to cut you off. You know what? Boom. Undisputed Era. War Games. <laughs> I mean, come on. Look, here's the thing. Wrestlers only get better as time go on. goes on. You put the four horsemen in there now. Dude, Ric Flair's like 80 years old. Yeah. Arn Anderson's probably pushing 70. You know, Tully, Tully, Blanchard, Tully Blanchard. Pushing 70. Uh, is the Wyndham guy. Sid. Sid. <laughs> Paul. Is Paul Roma still yeah, alive? I don't know. I don't know who's still alive, who isn't. Wyndham is, I think. They would all get their asses whooped by the Undisputed Era. The Undisputed Era are in their prime, and the horsemen are like super old, well, I think man. He needs like some sort of. Uh, uh, a nexus? Yeah. Like a time space nexus? Yeah, where everybody's in their primes. It's still the Undisputed Era. No way, man. Hey, Horsemen's the greatest faction in all wrestling. You Until the Undisputed Era come along, hmm. you can't argue against Adam Cole Bebe, who I hope it's Sunday. Yeah. I hope he got his Twitter access I back, know, man. I know. That's it's a sad. That's the biggest tragedy of 2018, right there. Adam Cole getting hacked. Wouldn't go that far, but it's it's, it's, a, it's a huge bummer for Adam Cole. It's a big bummer, man. Um, yeah, it's hard to argue against Undisputed Era, man. I mean, if we if we were to do the top ten greatest factions of all time, Undisputed Era already already mm-hmm. be top five. Oh, pff, top three easily. Easily, it's them, Horsemen, and NWO. Is it really NWO? DX then. In retrospect, how great is NWO? Not really? very. <laughs> really. Dad jeans, tucked in shirts. Yeah. Riding around on garbage trucks. Somehow like, that how metaphor did they completely not, escaped. How did they Eric not Bischoff. get the metaphor there? No, I think I think some people did. I think Kevin Nash understood totally what the image they were putting forth meant. That's great. But Eric Bischoff apparently it escaped him completely. I guess so, man. Which is, I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. I'd either. love to argue for the horseman, but you know, it's all about undisputed era. Come on, man. It's Freaking 2018 is Undisputed Era. Yeah, man. <laughs> Who would win the War Games? Yeah. Undisputed Era? War Games! And that, my friends, is undisputed. undisputed. Next up, we've got Young Liam. Oh, dear. It's Liam Liam Wagner reborn. Young Liam reborn. Let's oh, see man. what Young Liam has to say. This weirdo. Welcome back, Stephen Larson. The Young Liam reborn has returned with another question. Now, last week I asked you... 
about the future of wrestling, referring to some undisputed era. The young line has no memory of that. But we will talk about the past, though. If you could take away one historic event in wrestling's history, what would it be? I leave this to you guys to discuss. You have my blessing. Thank you, Young Lion. Dude, you can't be using that music on yeah. our show. It's copyright stuff. Yeah, no more music, please. I love Liam Wagner. He's the yeah, best. Yeah, it's a great question. He's um, got the best, because I think I follow him on Instagram. He's got the best denim metal jacket. Oh, really? Just covered with patches. He's got a good head of hair on him, too. Yeah, man. No, that's a great looking hair. Uh, head of hair. Yeah, um, I go first. Okay. You know, this, before when we were discussing how we were going to approach difficult. this question. Well, because we kind of set the obvious ones aside. Like, my first oh, answer was, yeah. was Owen Hart. Yeah. You know. Owen so. Hart, Drozdov. What was that kid in Mexico? Um, oh. The, Pepe. Uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, any incidents, any incidences of, of, of wrestlers getting severely injured or unfortunately dying in the yeah. ring. We kind of set aside. Yeah. Um, so, like, let's imagine a universe where WWE did not buy WCW. Oh, yeah. Like, they either Bischoff got his financing in place, got his TV deal in place, and managed to carry on as WCW or WWF just said, all right, this, you know, this, the, this company's just sinking. Mm-hmm. No one wants to touch it. Yeah. Um, we like some of the talent. We'll just wait till the co- company folds, and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll sign them. Buy their tape library for pennies on the, on the dollar. Yeah. Get it for super cheap. Regardless, that doesn't happen. WCW managed to, to, to achieve some sorts of, of renaissance. Yeah. Um, Bischoff gets another TV deal somewhere. Um, him and, what's his name, Jason Hervey? Yeah. The guy from, what, the guy Wonder, from Wonder Years. Years. Yeah, yeah, Wonder Years, yeah. Um, they, they write the ship somehow. Um, probably on the backs of NWO 2001. Probably, yeah. Um, somehow they make it work. And they start bringing in new talent like Samoa Joe, AJ yeah. Styles, yeah. Christopher Daniels. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you have this 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 wrestling renaissance where, yeah, you have WWE over here doing the Attitude Era stuff, but WCW, that's the wrestling show. Mm-hmm. And it harkens back to when Bischoff started bringing the cruiserweights from around the world to WCW. And, and by this point, you know, Hogan's gone, Nash is gone, Hall's gone. You know, all the, the old guard who was keeping the younger talent down decided – you know, rather than stick around and, and be a, maybe a lesser product with a far less television vi- visibility, we're just going to go, we're going to sit out our contracts maybe, and then we'll go sign with WWE because it's still the largest platform. So it really gives this young talent an opportunity to shine. They build up the company. The WCW still has the brand name. They managed to uh, rehabilitate the company's image, and it ended up being like a far better version of uh, TNA. Yeah, there you That's go. pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, the only problem with that scenario is that Hogan's like still around, so he'll probably. No, my scenario, Hogan's not around. Oh, okay. Well, how does that work if Eric Bischoff is around and Hogan's not? That I don't think they knew how to function without each other. Well, by that point, Hogan was already out of the company. He'd already sued Vince Russo. He was gone. Oh, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So yeah, but Vince Russo's out of the company because I know. Bischoff's there. But then again, you have Vince over there, you know, dangling a, a fat new contract. Well, kind of related to that. It always it always disappointed me to hear, especially after the fact, but even as it was happening, it was kind of a bummer. So I was never like a big TNA guy in the first place. Mm-hmm. But I always they they did have their fair share of buzz around guys 
like AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, um, Bobby Roode, Austin Aries. And when Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff got signed by uh, Dixie Carter, um, it, it just seemed like a bummer. Uh, you know, they say, hey, we're going to go head to head with WWE. No, you're not. That's not going to work, especially if you're not doing Because I think they were doing like live one week, next week tape, next week live. Maybe they do a couple lives. But that was just that was really, really ill conceived. Mm-hmm. And then to go back and watch, you know, an AJ Styles shoot interview where he says, yeah, they, you know, Hogan came in and Bischoff came in. They didn't know who we had. He, they didn't know our roster beyond the guys that Hogan already knew from WCW or WWE. And, you know, the, I really do think that the Hogan era of TNA seemed to do quite a bit of harm to that company. Yes. Because at that point, not everything Hogan touched was golden. You know, it was like, oh, they've got Hogan. Okay, well. In you know, my gut reaction is, oh, that's cool. But then you think about it. Oh, man, we're just going to get a bunch of like Hogan versus Flair stuff. And that's kind of what we ended up getting. It all just seemed kind of a bummer. The the young talent there that was really fueling their renaissance had to take a step back. Um, and so, I mean, it was bad enough that they had. And I don't remember exactly what the, you know, the timeline was. But, I mean, they had terrific guys like the Hardys, obviously, Kurt Angle. Um, you had the older guys like Sting. Yeah, like Bubba Ray in there, Kevin Nash. And uh, some of it seemed really interesting. You know, like Scott Steiner, Samoa Joe was pretty cool stuff. But uh, I don't know. I just feel like Hogan coming in just seems like probably a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Going head-to-head on Monday nights. Bad idea, man. Mm-hmm. Like you saw, you literally saw what happened last time you guys did that. WCW went under. Mm-hmm. They, you know. So, like, I don't know. I, I think Hogan coming into the Impact probably, into TNA, probably did. A lot more harm than good. Yes. That's my gut. I'm not an expert on the situation. No, I think you're right, though. Wouldn't surprise me. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, next, we got a question from Loki. Okay, cool. Let's see what Loki has to say. Hello, Stephen Lawson. This is Loki Richard, representing the Freak Legion, coming at you from the backseat of your car with my first Matt Chat question. NXT's UK tapings is coming soon. So... If successful, where should they expand to next? Should it be NXT Mexico or NXT Japan? Thank you, Stephen Austin. I'll see you soon. Man, lots of weirdos. So many weirdos invading Matt Chat. Uh, our our uh, friendos are getting creative with their I questions. Have a serial killer. We got Loki. Yeah. From what is it? Freak Legion. Freak Legion. Whoa. Yes. Weird. Yeah. Anyways, um, Japan. They should expand. NXT should expand to Japan. Just out of morbid curiosity to see if there would be any response from New Japan. I highly doubt it. They just seem to want to do their own thing, which is great. Um, but I am really kind of curious to see what WWE would look like, what NXT would look like in Japan. What would the what would the show look like? We've seen New Japan, how they package their stuff, and it's so beautiful. I wonder if NXT would uh, would package their stuff in a similar way. I'm just kind of fascinated, given that we're such big fans of New Japan, mm-hmm. the NXT to see what their response to that, because that's kind of what it would be, what their response to that would be, if any New Japan talents who aren't like on an exclusive contract, I don't know how the contracts work, if anybody over there isn't on an ex- if like 
WWE would be able to take them away. They'd probably be taking more from All Japan and uh, Noah. Pro Wrestling Noah, yeah. But uh, it would be interesting to see if they were able to steal anybody away from, from New Japan. Be kind of curious. So I'm, I'm kind of interested in that. I'll say New Japan. All right. All right. Um, I'll say uh, Central and South America. Mm-hmm. Um, Mexico already has uh, quite a few wrestling promotions. Um, I believe AAA is the oldest wrestling promotion in the world. We're going to take over AAA. Um, and Triple you H. got CMML. Um, and now you got The Crash. Mm-hmm. Um, so the that market might be a bit saturated. Um, however, if you go a bit further down south, you got Brazil, as far as I know. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about uh, Brazil's pro wrestling history, but I do know there's a number of talents in NXT who are from Brazil. Yeah. And right now, they don't get a whole lot of TV time. That's true. And if they can establish um, an NXT territory in Central and South America, um, bring Cesar Bononi, uh, Tanara Conti down, Mm -hmm. um, sign some talents from Mexico, elsewhere in South America, I think that could be pretty cool. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Um, And and, and give it an opportunity for a lot of talents that might not otherwise get uh, television exposure Mm -hmm. up here in the States. Mm -hmm. I think that'd be neat. Yeah, I think it'd be great. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Good answer. Good answer. Next, Patrick Sparks. Oh, Patrick. Let's see what Patrick has to say. Hey, friendos. Pat here. So, just blazed up. Slightly drunk. It's a dog appearance. But, my debate for you this week is, what was the biggest betrayal? Shawn Michaels throwing Janetti through the glass pane. Whatever. All that. Or... Seth turning on Dean and Roman, tearing apart the shield. What do you guys think? Thanks, Rendos. Doke. Oh, Patrick. That's, man, talk about the best day ever. Just getting high and drunk with your dog. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad. Oh, man. That's right. prime Patrick right there. To answer his question, however, that's tough. I'll try to make the case for Shawn Michaels. You don't believe it, though. Heartbreak kid. You don't believe it, though. Well, here's why. The Shield were established as top-of-the-card draws at the time of Seth Betrayal. The Rockers, not so much. They won the WWF tag team titles on some (laughs) thing, and they just took the the (laughs) results of the match back because the rope was loose. Yeah. Um, So they never reached the same heights. True. Um, And therefore, the, the Betrayal... Maybe not. No, it definitely wasn't as impactful. However, if you see what ha- what happened afterwards, where yeah. Shawn Michaels established himself as probably the greatest performer in WWE history, if not all of wrestling, in ring performer, um, it, to see just to kind of see in the scope of history what happened afterwards. No, I no. Now that I think about it, now that I think about it, and not to say that Seth or Dean or Roman can't reach those same heights, probably mo- mo- Seth, but. Um, you know when 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 one member of a tag team betrays the other member and sh- launches his career into being one of the best ever, mm-hmm. that's a pretty huge deal. When so here's the thing: the most shocking one I think was Seth because the Shield broke up at their height of mm-hmm. popularity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely correct. But what you said is true also. The Shield were all just fine. Dean. Seth and Roman, all top champions at various mm-hmm. times, mm-hmm. supremely over two thirds of them are, and one of them is pretty over too. Um, and uh, and then you look on the other side of things, 
I mean, that was like almost a shoot betrayal because Shawn Michaels put once, as soon as he turned on Janetti, ooh, Janetti's career did, and a lot of that's probably on Marty Janetti. You know, obviously he's had a lot of personal problems. But if you look at whenever people look at a tag team and they say, who's the Janetti? Oh, you know what that means. Yep. That's rude. So I think it's probably, when I think about it, it is HBK. Because he's the one who, yep. you know, and then yep. the other guy. Yep. There was some Facebook nonsense with that. Other, ooh, that was weird. Marty Janetti's a little weird. Um but, you know, and then you look at the shield and it's like, yeah, that might have been the most shocking in the moment. But everybody's fine afterwards. Everybody's totally fine everybody's afterwards. Everybody's totally fine. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's see what Thayer at the bottom has to say. He's next. All right. Hey, guys. So WWE decides to cut their house show circuit in half so that basically all the wrestlers only have to work about 140, 150 dates a year instead of like the 280 or something ridiculous that the, whatever they work right now in order to make their schedule lighter and more easier and also to make the company more attractive for guys like the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega to come over to. But in order to do that, they have to up the WWE Network monthly subscription rate from 10 bucks a month to 15 bucks a month. Do you take that deal or do you leave things the way they are? Thanks, guys. Thank you, Thayer Thabata. Thank you, Thayer. I don't think there's really much of a debate here. I know I would be perfectly willing. Oh, the value proposition is still great. To pay, Yeah. Oh, yeah. $15 for all that you get with the network is great. But think about it. Less house shows, like far fewer house shows, means all these things. Probably way less burnout, less injuries. More focus, I would think, on being able to tell stories. Um I don't. Th- I don't think there's a there's a downside. To this that. would be the potential downside. Um, well, less revenue for the wrestlers. Yes, exactly. Cares about so, that. I mean, for me, that's like the most important thing because if if say well, they, if, if they, switch, they cut their house yeah. show dates in half, but don't uh, correct that with an well, increase. They would have to do that. Yeah, yeah, with increased pay. I mean, they've got these two huge television deals. They should be bumping everybody's uh, salary up as is. Yeah, or at least they're down. So well, I guarantee. Well, that would also come from the network money. Exactly. But that would have to be the thing. I mean, the value proposition for me as a consumer, whatever. They could double it, and I'd probably still pay the 20 bucks a month to be in the network, um, you know, if they didn't uh, decrease the number of house shows. Yeah. As long as there was some added benefit to me as a consumer. Sure. My, my primary concern would be how would the wrestlers be uh, compensated for their change in schedule without losing money? I don't know what percentage of wrestlers' income comes from house shows versus TV versus pay-per-view versus merchandise. I don't know the percentages of all that. But if a good chunk of their money they're making – uh, every every year comes from house shows, and you cut half those house shows out, and don't uh, uh, you know compensate them in some other fashion. That's probably gonna be a non-starter for the wrestlers. Oh well, yeah. So that would be my primary concern. Yeah. Not so much the value proposition for me personally as a consumer. Yeah, I'd pay freaking twenty-five dollars a month for. Yeah, I mean we'd have to. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I mean, it's If it was a hundred dollars a month, we'd probably still have to do it. Yeah, we'd probably have to do it. We wouldn't have a job otherwise. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I think it'd be great. I think it'd be awesome. Oh I mean, yeah. Yeah. As long, obviously, as long as the wrestlers got paid. Um, I think now with the reach of social media with YouTube, um, you know, back in the the day, the you know, I assume one of the primary purposes of house shows is to extend your brand's reach across the country, where not every city in the states is going to get a Raw or SmackDown, mm. but you still want your wrestlers to have a regular presence in those cities once or twice a year, um, but. You know the way social media and, and, and YouTube make, as we see with indie wrestling, accessible to everybody. 
whether it be clips or in full matches, um, you know, you can live in, in some small town in Texas that might uh, get a house show a year. Yeah. You know, but if you're willing to drive an hour or two in any direction to go to a, a house show, you can still get regular wrestling content mm-hmm. um, pretty much daily. You know, say maybe once a week they air clips from a house show somewhere. Something like that. Yep. So you still get con- new content that's just not televised product. And not only do you get that in your town in Texas, some dude in Delaware gets it, in Minneapolis, in here in Sacramento, up in, I don't know, Tacoma, Washington. Just something like that. New ways to, to, to distribute their content. Take away a few house shows. Just do something like that. Yeah. I want these guys to be healthy. Yes, me too. Uh, let's see here. Oh, Next, Double J. J. Ain't he great? Ain't he great. Let's see what he has to say. Finally, Double J, Joe Jensen, ain't I great, has returned to Mad Chat. And my question this week is kind of a silly one. My girlfriend has been watching wrestling with me, and, you know, she really doesn't know anybody's names yet. Um, so she has nicknames for different people. For instance, she calls... The Young Bucks, the guys that wear purple, and she calls the New Day the Pancake Guys. So my question is, do you guys or do your wives have any silly nicknames for wrestlers? Too sweet, hearty handshake. Peace out. Thank you, Double J. Ain't he great? Thank you, Double J. Ain't he great? I don't think Lacey has any pet names I for can't wrestlers. Think of any my wife has, nor any that we have. She does refer to the current H champion though as Garbage Face. I'm joking. That's just me. That's what I refer to him as, Garbage Face. That's not Lacey. She loves him. We have a question from Adam Mayhem here. Let's run that. Oh, you want you want to come up with some? Uh, I don't have any. No, we can. It's a real question. Try to come up with some. Well, no, he's asking about our wives. Oh, no, we don't. Well, he said us or our wives. Oh, us? Yeah. Do I have any pet, like, silly names for wrestlers? I don't believe so, nor do I. Adam Mayhem, Garbage Face. Oh, my gosh. All right, let's see what Adam Mayhem has to say. Buenas tardes, Rendo Universe. Bienvenidos to another edition of Matt Chit Chat with the Champ. Yes. Yes. It's me. Uh, I'm driving, and I got to put out this question. So I am doing something very illegal. Kids don't do illegal stuff. Anyway, Steven Larson, I want you to debate something. In kayfabe, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much does Triple H want to have his old evolution theme be the theme song for the female pay-per-view? That's it. That's all I got. See ya! Peace! Thank you, Adam Mayhem. Dude, you can't be driving and recording a video. Yeah, probably not. But, you know, you know you, we're not running another. If he does that again, I'm not running the question. We're not doing Well, you that. don't produce the show. I do, but I won't. I'll just know, walk he's, off. He's a H champion. I'm sure he can multitask. No, I mean, don't man. Do that. Don't do that again. Oh, yeah. It's probably not a good idea. It's a him. terrible idea. Probably not a good idea. I'm pretty sure we might have some liabilities there. We need to strip him of the H title well, just think, for that question. I, I think a stern warning first is is appropriate response. Listen, Stripping him of the title. Please. He's our H champion. Show him the respect your he deserves. Hashtag not my H champion. What's he, his question? He is actually your H what champion. Was a dumb question. Uh, he says in kayfabe, how badly does Triple H want the Evolution theme to be the the official song for the Evolution pay per view? 
not as badly as I want a new quality Walter esque hates champion. Why, why is Walter when your thing? Chop the shit out of his chest. Well, oh, you better start man. some sort of sort of fundraising thing so you can. Where's your credit card? That we're gonna put on your credit card. My credit card. Your credit card. This seems like a company expense. It really does. Yeah. Why don't all, you put on your credit card? All, You're the one that wants Walter to take on Adam Mayhem. You I'm, pay for it. I'm uh, maxed out, man. Well, you deal with your finances. Nobody lend me money anymore. They say, aren't you that wrestling guy? And I say, yeah. And they're like, oh, you're, you're the, the manager for a garbage face. And I'm like, oh, hey, champion, I know. Boy, that went downhill. You look, he's about to die in his car. Well, he didn't because he sent us the question after he recorded it. So everything's fine. Oh, man. We got yelled at, I think, before. Somebody. Jason the Cabby, somebody. I don't know. Said, shouldn't be letting people air their questions if they're driving. All right, Adam Mayhem, no more doing questions while driving. I want you to be around as hate champion for a very long time. Anyways. Anyways. We have a couple of text questions. The first one's from, this This was literally the tragedy of the week. Well, it's, Nonstop it's player, yes. my new favorite. Hey, where's Maya Dope? Where's Mr. Dope? I didn't get a question this week. Anyways, nonstop player. His parents would not let him t- uh, uh, bring his equipment to make a video question uh, while on vacation. While yes. on vacation, because him and his, I love that. His family's on vacation. Um, so he does have a question, though. The question is this. How would you book a WWE version of the G1? He says he personally would have a SmackDown block, a Raw block, that makes sense, and have the finals be at Survivor Series, but how would you do it? Uh, love you, Mr. Steven and Larson. Sincerely, nonstop play. I'm going to go back to my original idea of a universal title. Okay. Annual tournament, crown, uh, or initially the crown universal champion, and then in subsequent years, a tournament for new number one contenders defended once a year at SummerSlam, so it doesn't compete with any matches at Mania, and you have this tournament to determine number one contender, and it doesn't take away from whoever wins the Royal Rumble. So about every six months or so, you have some sort of uh, mechanism by which a number one contender for something can be determined, mm-hmm. belt defended at SummerSlam, um, and maybe in the process, elevate SummerSlam an extra notch up to essentially a summer WrestleMania yeah. in full. Yeah. Start doing it in huge stadiums, all that kind of stuff. That's how I'd do it. Um, and then if you want to do it G1 style, round robin versus tournament bracket, that'd be awesome too. Yeah. No, I like, I like what you said. I like what he said. And I like both those. I can't improve on that. All right. Uh, but next week, I hope to have another nonstop yes. player question. Yes, please. Uh, next from Joshua, the Dynamic Knight Martinez. Who would you have be the first women's tag champions? He thinks either Iconics or Riot Squad. I would have Sasha Banks and Bailey be the new tag champions. I think that they are marquee names who are not being used in a marquee manner. I don't think they know what they're trying to do with them right now. I would think it would be fascinating to see them go to SmackDown, challenge the other four horsewomen of the WWE. They can also stay on Raw and challenge Ronda and maybe Shayna Baszler if she gets called up and goes to Raw. Um, then they can also go down to, to revisit their old stomping grounds in NXT. They have legitimacy everywhere they go. My answer would be Sasha Banks and Bailey. I like his answer of the Iconics because they're great. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. Oh, that's a good answer. Um, they've both improved greatly since they're called to the main roster. True. Um, despite the breakup of Absolution, they seem intent on uh, staying together as a team. Um, reward that 
by giving them uh, the, the women's tag team championships. Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be great. That'd be good. That'd be good, too. Um, uh, finally, from Mo Clo, Master of the Low Blow, should WWE veterans, well-established superstars, primary role in the company, be to put over younger talent or to stay being the focal point of the product by being in the top stories, holding championships, etc.? Hopefully I made the cut. Thanks, friendo. So I think they can be used... In my opinion, they should primarily be used to not necessarily put over young talent, but essentially put over young talent. Um, There are ways that older talent veterans can be effectively used. I look back. You can call it a success. You can maybe not call it a success. I think it kind of was until their final match when Triple H won the Royal Rumble match and took Roman's title off him. I thought that was actually a fairly effective use for Triple H's probably final title run. Um, And then he put over Roman at at WrestleMania. Not a very great match, not a very memorable moment, and certainly wasn't the, you know, it probably didn't achieve the big torch passing, make this guy the face of the company thing. But I still think it was a legitimate way. Triple H definitely came off as legitimate in that role. Um, I think Randy Orton, granted, I know they're probably hovering around the same age, but Randy Orton being used to put over, to get over, to help facilitate Shinsuke Nakamura become an even bigger name at the upcoming SummerSlam is probably a good way to use him, but he's still in a fairly prominent role. Um, So I think, you know, if used properly, they should, you know, they, they can kind of achieve both things. No, I agree. I think I think the primary role of veteran superstars is to facilitate interesting storylines, mm-hmm. um, whether it be putting over young talent by taking a loss mm-hmm. or just putting, giving young talent an opportunity to shine in a larger spotlight mm-hmm. um, based on being a feud with them. Um, I think when you have veteran talent, people have been around for a while who have won multiple championships, as you mentioned with Triple H, it gives them legitimacy. Mm-hmm. And if you step in, anybody who steps in the ring with Triple H, that's a major matchup. Yeah, big time, yeah. Um, anybody who steps in the ring with Randy Orton, John Cena. Undertaker, yeah. Undertaker, especially on a major stage, like mm-hmm. one of the, the, the four major pay-per-views, I guess five now, um, that's a huge opportunity. And if you get a, a multi-month feud with them, um, culminating in that match, that's a massive opportunity, win or lose. Yeah. Um, it's an opportunity to get gain some momentum as a younger talent. You know, from there, you know, who knows, maybe creative will capitalize on it or not which is kind of the unfortunate part of the, 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 the equation that, you know, say you do, you're in a, a great feud, you do great work, and then they don't really have anything interesting for you afterwards. Yeah. But anyways, that's kind of out of, your, out of what is control. Um, primarily just to facilitate interesting stories. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have someone who's been around for years and years and years, wealth of backstory, wealth of history in the company with countless wrestlers, capitalize on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can do a lot with that. Yes. Anyways, that's it for Matt Chat. Thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate it. And again, if you want to participate in Matt Chat by having your video question on the show, patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. One $20 pledge will get you in for the entire month of whatever you're pledging. Whatever month you pledge. That's correct. For that month. You also get the Friendo Care Package, which is a comic book and a bunch of cool stuff. That's it for the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Goodbye. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. 
fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.